0: Amen, amen. Thank you, Pastor Andrew. What a, what a great uh, plug for uh, our old men. <laughs> and uh, yes, it's good to still be active. And uh, yeah, tomorrow night right here, excited about that. And uh, we, got, we got enemy in the camp, but that's okay should I say frenemy, a frenemy, he's a frenemy in the camp. Uh, Jacob, can't wait to go at it tomorrow night, my man. <laughs> Inside joke there, you know. Good, good to see you, man. Take it easy on us tomorrow. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, today, you know, as we Uh, move into the rest of the service. Every now and then, boy, it's great to have new friends, new family, new guests here uh, on Sundays. And uh, boy, if you're new, we are so thrilled that uh, you're just a part of what God is doing here at Saginaw First. But from time to time, we have those who are among us and who have been a part of us uh, heading out on life's journeys. And I don't know if If she is in the room, I sure hope she is. Is Al Yay! She's waving at me. She must have slipped in. And uh, uh, Alex Hazard has been a part of this body for several years now. She has served in the student ministry, youth ministry. She has served in the children's ministry. In fact, this morning on her very last Sunday with us, uh, she is serving in the nursery, and uh, she was able to slip in here this morning. She uh, is making her way to a new position down in the Kansas City, Missouri area, and uh, we're just excited just to kind of send her off. I was would love for us as a church just to pray for her as she goes. She has been such an integral part of this body. Alex, would you just stand right where you're at? Come on, church. Let's bless Alex right now. She is headed out and uh. Would you just extend your hand towards her as she heads off? Father, we just pray for Alex. We thank you for her heart. We thank you for her desire to serve you, to know you. And Lord, as she takes this big step and moves on to a whole new state, a whole new city, God, I pray your favor would go with her. I pray every step would be blessed. Lord, I pray that you would make a way. Lord, that you would do great and mighty things in her and through her in Jesus. Jesus name we pray and everyone said amen amen Amen. bless you Alex we uh, love when uh, those who are called uh, to head out from here we just pray that wherever she finds herself that God's going to use her mightily and as a church that's our desire as well Uh, we just really want to be used of the Lord we want to experience his goodness Uh, let me just share with you over this summer Our body has been honored to be able to serve in many, many uh, forms and capacity, and and, uh, much of that has been led by our own uh, discipleship and outreach pastor. Pastor Brian has really uh, just begun to lead such an incredible reach of this church into our city, the Tri-City area, uh, all of of these just incredible places. And here's what's kind of happening. Let me give you a quick picture. Uh this la- this summer we've been able to serve at Old Town Outreach. Uh, we have served the Underground Railroad. We launch we were able to get back to one week, one street. We have a new bicycle, kids outreach ministry that is uh launching. We have people working at Royal Family Kids Camp. We're giving away backpacks for the Hearts of Saginaw Ministry. And this month, we're going to be serving the school right next door. All of the new students and all of their parents, we are going to be blessing them on August 19th with an incredible ministry outreach to provide for them. Uh, And so Sherwood Elementary, we look forward to that. And we were able to take a team to Baja in Mexico to build a house. What an incredible summer that it has been. Can we just give the Lord praise for just being able to be a part of that and what God is doing? Our heart is to reach this entire valley for Jesus. Saginaw, Bay City, Midland, Freeland, uh, Bridgeport, every city in between and township that is around here. And today we just want to give you a glimpse of what we were able to just be a part of this summer in Baja. So I just want you to to soak this in. It's just about a a two-minute video. You're going to see pictures of what took place and what we as a church, many of you for sowing into missions and everything that's taking place, we just want to say thank you because of your going and some of your sending, this is what we were able to do. Check this out. I got a little emotional watching that, so uh, man, what an incredible week to give of ourselves and and just share the gospel and bless this family uh, in such an incredible way. And I just thought it'd be appropriate this morning before we move on just to kind of to hear from just a handful of those who went. I'm going to invite, if I could, Jessica, Easton, Gabrielle, and Mark. Would you guys just make your way up here really quick? And uh, these are some of our team that helped make that happen. Would you give them a big hand as they come on up? Jessica, we're gonna start with you. You get to kick things off.
1: Wow, seeing that video, take me back, right? Um, The Baja trip was so much fun, but I gotta tell you, I was a little leery before going on this trip because it was way out of my comfort zone. Um, I've never done a construction project before, but I was so glad that I went because it was amazing. Um, I got to try new things. Mark was an incredible teacher and we were able, yeah, we were able to build a house in three and a half days, right? Like I'm still blown away by that with electricity and running water, which was still like incredible. Um, so many great moments, but one that really stuck out to me that I'll always remember that really impacted me was the last day Um We all got in a circle, and we were able to say something to the family. And then Pastor Kurt prayed over the family and dedicated the house to the Lord. And um, as you can see, when the family walked in, I mean, they were just, let's just say in that circle, there was a lot of joy-filled tears. (laughs) Um, It was incredible to be able to really impact a family for the rest of their lives and just to be a small part of their story. And um, this family was so deserving and it was just really impactful for me and I know for the family um, that they get to raise their children in a safe, loving environment, so.
2: Uh, Just growing up in a generation where I have everything I want and I can walk 10 feet and I get water out of my refrigerator. And going over there to Mexico, it, we pull up to the house, and they're living in a, a small shack that's smaller than my room. And it was just, it was really humbling to see, like, they have nothing. And uh, they didn't even have a refrigerator or anything. And to be able to build a house with electricity and a water and give them everything, their kids their own room and <laughs> toys to actually play with, it was just a, uh, it was a really eye-opening experience that, we, we have so much more than we need, and God bless us all so much, and it's, uh, it's really great to be able to go out and help other people that don't have that.
3: Um, so, yeah, we built a house in three and a half days, and I was there, and I still can't believe we did it. Um, and every day, we'd get back to the base camp, and I just felt like I hadn't done any work that day. Like, it was not grueling. It was, I'm sure it wasn't like construction here where, you know, guys go home and they're tired. And I wasn't tired at all. I was just like so energized every day, every morning. And it was just such a blessing to, to just be um, a window of God's love yeah. to somebody. I mean, I try very hard to do that every day. And it was just like this, concentrated, week-long, being a window of God's love, and I just... It was just amazing. Just so amazing. And the tacos are really good, so let's not forget that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, and I am officially a Mexican electrician now, so... I've been told not to, tr- not to do anything in the U.S., but, you know... <laughs> It was, it was very, very, very amazing. And I mean, I just tried everything new that I could try. I used all the different kinds of saws that we had there. And even though I'm terribly uncoordinated, and I cut myself a lot, guys, I probably should have told you that before. But it was very risky to let me use those saws. But you know, it was, it was, it was just so amazing. I just, there just aren't words. It was just just amazing, so amazing. Okay,
2: that's it. Well, there's not a lot more to say to that. I mean, it it was amazing. Uh, For me, I've been on quite a few trips. And uh, it's my youngest boy, Easton, Uh, for those of you who don't know. I have uh, three other boys. And two of my older boys got to go also. And. uh, just during the day to step back and, and watch them and the whole team working hard for somebody they had just met um, was, was incredible. Um, my wife and I, uh, it was our goal to teach our children the preciousness of others and uh, I don't see a better place to do it than on the mission field. And not just overseas or Mexico, or but even in town. And uh, East and I, we, we went on a trip to Tennessee and worked in in some schools. And uh, it it's just so important. So I guess my challenge to you guys, if you get a chance, ever get a chance, take your children somewhere and do something for somebody else. Um, it's it's just so important, especially with the way the world's going right now, um, just get them out there and do it. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's special, life changing, Mm -hmm. and it's something they'll never forget. I guarantee it.
0: Life-changing, powerful. Uh, the impact that it has. And so just being able this morning to share with you these incredible testimonies. Didn't they do a great job? Come on, give those guys a big hand again. and uh, You know, it's just such a, such a moment that we got to share in that. And uh, I pray that you take even Mark's challenge. And someday, uh, if you get the opportunity to go. And to serve. And uh, we'll have opportunities again because we love missions. We love giving to missions. And even more, we love going and being the missionaries. And so, uh, boy, very excited about that. Hey, if you have your Bibles, uh, take them out, and I hope you brought a copy. If you did, turn in your word this morning uh, to the book of Job, and you can kind of just hang out there. Going to be reading from a passage in chapter 5 shortly, in a few moments. Uh, but before we get to that uh, passage, just so you're ready, we just really wanna uh, talk to you a little bit about what we're gonna be doing over the next several weeks as we dive in to this new series, Mindset. And as we talk about mindset, taking every, ca- every thought captive, uh, I, I couldn't think of a better message for where we are living today and what we are experiencing today. You actually even heard Mark say it with the way the world is today. There's nothing like giving, there's nothing like going, there's nothing like being the hands and the feet of Jesus to other people. And I think that as we dive in over the next few weeks to this thought process, I believe that the Lord wants to speak to our hearts and our lives about our mindset. the the mindset that we approach life, the mindset that we approach the day and the age and the world that we live. I believe that his word is very clear about the way we think and the things that we we ponder, the things that we allow to take root in our mind and, and those things. The Bible says that we need to take every thought captive. And to take those thoughts captive, uh, we understand that, you know, and and, and let's just start, uh, you're you're in Job right now, you just stay right there. I want you to see this verse uh, from 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5, he tells us to take every thought captive, and there's a reason for that, and that is to obey Christ, to obey Christ, There's a reason why he instructs us to take every thought captive, the way that we think. We understand that as one's mind goes, what we allow and think about, and that's who we become. We talked about what's born in the heart and the spirit over the last uh, few weeks of, of setting up some guardrails in our life. And out of the abundance of the heart, we understand those things. And as we think and allow our minds to be, our actions and who we are really follows. When we allow thoughts, our thoughts, to go unexamined, when we allow our thought life to go unexamined, they can do a lot of harm. When they get out of control, sometimes when when we allow our thought process, maybe it even causes some negativity in our lives or our thoughts. It leads to negative feelings or it leads to negative actions. It can lead to so many of these things. And, And one area, one big area, anxiety is a big area that it would really pay for us to take every thought captive when we understand that our thoughts can literally control some of our emotions they they control our our feelings they can control uh some of those things that when we understand that anxiety stress worry is a big area that it would really pay for you and i to be very mindful and to take every thought captive in job Uh, 1 and 2 before we get to chapter 5 where you're at. Uh, really gives us a sneak peek, a behind-the-scenes process of Satan's desire to really destroy and to take us down. We see it in, in Job where the Lord gives permission for Satan to to bring some affliction into Job and into his world and into his life. Uh, it's an incredible story of, of what takes place in that moment. Really, it's an incredible story of spiritual warfare that goes on. Satan wants to change Job's mind about who God is. Let me say that again. Job is out to, uh, excuse me, Satan is out to change Job's mind about who God is. But Job's mind does not change. Even with all the affliction, the hurt, the pain, and the sorrow that comes his way, his mind remains true that he is God. Doesn't change. Job is an incredible success story of waging spiritual warfare against the enemy. Let me say this. Satan wants to take from you as well. He wants to destroy your peace you can fight back the way Jesus did did you know when Jesus was tempted every single temptation that he faced he countered that with the word of God because the enemy knows that he has no foothold over the power or the truth of God's word it tears down every stronghold it does everything Jesus brings the word into those moments where he's being tempted by the enemy let me say this You struggle with anxiety in your thought life. You too can form a plan to take every thought captive. It begins with the powerful word of God. It begins by knowing his word to counteract Satan's every single attack on your mind, on your thinking. One of the most dangerous things that our mind uh, in our mind is, uh, can be is unhealthy thinking. When we think in an unhealthy manner and, and many times we hear from others, you know one of the most dangerous things uh, that can be so destructive in our hearts, in our mind, is what they call self-talk. When we talk to ourselves, when we, when we begin to think negatively and it just begins to lead down a road, the Bible says that we need to take every thought captive. If it goes unchecked, it can have devastating results in our lives. We live in a world that is full of grief, full of pain, full of death, full of difficulties. Uh, We experience it, we see it, we know it, we understand it. It has such a propensity for you and I today in this world that we live in to, to bring about stress, to bring about anxiety, to wonder what is the world going to be like for our children or our children's children. We understand that, that when the world doesn't go the way we think it should, when our job doesn't go the way we think that or hope or have always dreamed that it would, it can cause stress. It can cause difficulty. And we see here uh, later, as we talked about chapter 1 and 2, in verse uh, 7 of chapter 5, the verse tells us, And and really, we understand this and we know this, but let's read it from God's word. He says in Job chapter 5, verse 7 But a man is born to trouble as surely as sparks fly upward. If you've ever sat around a fire and watched the flames and the sparks, it's amazing how they begin to float up, and then they just kind of float up. Here, he's telling this, us in, this, in his word that a man is born to trouble as surely as the sparks rise from a fire. As sure as the flames rise, we have. So what that tells us is that it's not something that catches us by surprise, We're going to experience trouble in this life. We're going to experience difficulty. We're going to experience uh, so many ways, so many different things, and really the Bible tells us that we need to take every thought captive. We need to make sure that we are thinking properly and have a sound mind full of the Spirit. Let's read the passage that's surrounding this verse. If you have your Bible, take it out. I'm gonna read uh, verse six through 16. And here it is, for affliction does not come from the dust, nor does trouble sprout from the ground. But man is born to trouble as the sparks fly upward. As for me, I would seek God, and to God would I commit my cause, who does great things and unsearchable, marvelous things without number. He gives rain on the earth and sends water on the fields. He sets on high those who are lowly and those who mourn are lifted to safety. He frustrates the devices of the crafty so that their hands achieve no success. He catches the wise in their own craftiness, and schemes of the wily are brought to a quick end. They meet with darkness in the daytime and grope at noonday as in the night. But he saves the needy from the sword of their mouth and from the hand of the mighty. So the poor... Have hope and injustice shuts her mouth. How many of you know that our God is in complete control today? He has the king, He is in control. This very passage is saying that every person alive will experience difficulty, will experience trouble out of that trouble may be born some anxiety, some stress, some worry. The Bible gives us a clear declaration that we need to hold every thought captive. This passage, in this passage, uh, Job's friend is actually talking to him. Eliphaz is sharing with him this truth. He's saying, Job, everyone has trouble. Everybody has difficulty. And of course, we know that to be true. You've experienced it. I've experienced it. We've all experienced difficulty at some level or at some point in our life. Something that can be born out of trouble is that very thing of anxiety or stress. When we experience trouble, it can begin to dominate our thinking. It's what we think about. It's what we ponder. It's everything just begins to, to enter into our minds, and we just begin to think about it over and over again. And many times, I don't know about you, but we begin to draw conclusions as to where, what's going to happen, and, and, and we, we go to the worst-case scenario so many times. We get there so fast... We live in a world that causes people to have anxiety and stress. Today, let's consider one incredible uh, story in the Bible where unexpected trouble began to arise. It happened while a great king was ruling, and I want you to know that anxiety and stress and uh, an an unhealthy thought pattern can happen to anyone. And in this story, it even happens to a king. His name is Jehoshaphat. The main part of this passage you'll see is in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. I'm not going to read the story. I'm going to tell you the story. I'm going to share this story with you. I encourage you this week to go to 2 Chronicles chapter 20, and read it. In fact, in verse uh, chapter 19, it ends with a declaration from the, from the king. He tells his people to be brave. It ends with him telling his people to be brave and that the Lord is with them, that God was near. In fact, he says the Lord will be with those who do right. In this moment, in chapter 20, this happened in chapter 19, now we're in chapter 20. The king, he needs to take his own advice. How many of you are really good at giving advice? I'll take it from your laughter. I think many times we're probably better teachers than students, right? We, can, we love to give other people advice and sometimes we're not so good at taking our own advice. Boy, it easily flies when we're talking to other people. And here, the king really needs to take his own advice and understand that God is near. That God is near, and and literally in that moment, we understand as he declares to them to be brave. So what's taking place here is he is the king over Judah. His, his neighboring countries have, the, their armies have risen and they began, began to march on his people. In fact, not just their armies, but the word tells us that, that other uh, countries sent as well. And so they've got this conglomeration of, of an incredible force coming against them. It totally catches them by surprise. They have no idea that it's coming. And so because they weren't expecting it, they are very much unprepared. They do not have an army. They do not. They will be so overcome so quickly. And so in this learning of this, King Jehoshaphat in this moment, if you can imagine the anxiety the stress, what will happen to us? What will happen to our country? What will happen to our people? What will happen to all of those things? I don't know if you've ever had an anxious moment about the future, about what was facing you, about maybe what's facing you this week when you walk out these doors and what you have facing you in your world or in your life or in your family or the things that you're walking through. And, and those things may create stress or anxiety. They, they may create a, a fear even of, of the future of tomorrow what what will that bring if you've ever had that anxiety if you could just kind of take a a moment and 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 just try to grasp the weight of this moment for this king understanding and knowing unless god moves we are in a spiritual word toast we are toast we have no way to combat this enemy There was, in this moment, sudden trouble. And so we learn here that he really needs to take his own advice from chapter 19. He said, be brave because God is near. And now we see he's full of anxiety, stress, and in this moment, I want you to see what he begins to do. There are five things that I think that you and I can learn today from this story and apply to our lives that we would begin to take every thought captive how many daydreamers do we have in the room? Come on, lift your hand proudly with me. Daydreamers. People who just begin to think and dream, and all of a sudden, here, here, you know, when we understand there's a lot of great things that we can ponder and think about. As we begin to think through life and scenarios, we we hope for the best. Some are optimistic. Some are pessimistic. Some daydreams are very negative. Some daydreaming is very positive. If we can understand in this moment with the world that we live in and all the stress and the pressure that you and I may experience, whatever that might be, I hope and pray that you come away this morning knowing that Jesus Christ is Lord. His promises are true, and he holds Your future, he holds your life, he holds your home, he holds your family in his hand. This is what he did when he became so anxious. First thing he did, first of all, he prayed really, really hard. He decided in verse 3 of chapter 20, he decided to ask the Lord what to do. Let's begin this morning, and this, number one, let's begin with this declaration. Any kind of trouble that you and I experience can be worthwhile if it draws us closer to him. I know we don't like to hear that. We want the trouble, come on, right? Lord, just take the trouble away. Sometimes It's not the mountain that needs to be moved. He empowers us to climb the mountain because he wants us to rise. He wants us to be champions. He wants us to grow. He wants us to be strengthened. He wants us to experience his power and his greatness. Would we ever experience those things? If everything were just a a cakewalk, here the king experiences this is not a cakewalk. We are in serious, serious trouble. Of course, the king would not in this moment choose this trouble for his people. But in this moment, it draws him to his knees and he begins to pray. What is it about moments in our life when we encounter hardship, all of a sudden our prayer life grows exponentially? Mine does. Man, when I encounter a difficulty, a hardship, all of a sudden prayer just gets intensified. I remember going through difficult days. I remember going through the loss of family. I remember when my mom passed away. I, I remember each and every. Other, I remember the moments of prayer and, and, and seeking the Lord. And it's like in moments of difficulty, there is something that happens that we see with the King Jehoshaphat. All of a sudden, in this moment, his prayer is even noted in the word. He began to seek. The Lord, let me share with you in this moment, if you're going through difficult days, if you are walking through any difficulties, anything that's taking place, let me encourage you in this moment. Turn to the Lord. Begin to pray and ask him. All of a sudden, we are aware that we are nothing. Ever had that moment? Our mortality is right in front of us and we realize, oh God, I thought I had it all together. Oh, I was so wrong. I am nothing and I need you. I need you. Without your hand on my life, without your help and without your protection, I am nothing. Because he was anxious, the king turned to a place to pray. I want you to know that circumstances may cause us pain, it may even cause despair, but we do not have to live in that anxiety. We should look at our own trouble, even in a calm way knowing that he is our God. He's our God. I don't have to wring my hands, I don't have to worry, I don't have to do all, I can say, you know what, yeah, this isn't good but he is still God. We can approach it in the authority of knowing that we are God's children. You are God's child. You are his son. You are his daughter. He looks out for you. He watches over you. The second thing that we see from this king is when you are in trouble, we don't have to let anxiety control our thoughts. This can be a hard thing to do. But great things can result from walking through these moments just like they did this uh, fabulous king. He was a good king. Did he do everything right? No. Did he make some mistakes? Yes. But he had a good heart and he loved the Lord and he strived to serve the Lord. And in this moment, we understand that this all of a sudden the pressures of the kingdom were on his shoulders. I want to encourage you today to do this. Choose to remember God's goodness in the past. I don't know if you've ever received, or received bad news or are walking through difficulty. All of a sudden, in this moment, the king begins to declare and ponder and think about how awesome God has been through the history of this nation. He began to think about the good things and the goodness that God has done in the past. In this moment, the first thing he does is he prays. he remembers the former days he remembers all the great things that that have taken place. He remembers the great help that, that his people had received from God. I want you to know that when we are anxious when we are anxious, one of the, one of the most dangerous things that we do is we just focus on the present. we focus on the need, we focus on the problem, we focus on what 's right in front of us instead of remembering ha, This is nothing for my God. You know what He has done in my life? You know where He has brought me from? You know what He has brought me through? This is nothing for my God. But when we focus on the problem, we forget about the past. The problem gets magnified and it consumes our hearts, it consumes our mind, it consumes our thinking. Our present pain is all we can think about. Then it turns to fear about the future and what's about to happen. So let's determine when we encounter difficulty to remember. First, to pray. Second, to remember the goodness of our God. He is with you. He is for you. In your trouble. Number three, in your trouble, do not forget that God rules God rules. You see, the Hebrews remembered what God had done. The Hebrew people could clearly look back and see where God had led them. History was filled with his wonderful acts as he parted the waters. He defeated their enemies. He satisfied their hunger when they had no food. He guided their lives. These were the great encouragement for the Israelites as they walked. They knew that became the power of their future. Their future was in the power of God's past and everything that he has done for them. We would do well to remember that God is still in charge. God still rules this earth. He still rules from heaven everything that is taking place on this planet. He is awesome. He is powerful. He knows about your present difficult situations. He knows about it. God is in total control. Listen to what the good king says in 2 Chronicles 20, verse 6. Lord God, you rule in heaven over all the world's nations. You have power and strength. Nobody can defeat you. You are God. What a declaration. We're about to be destroyed by an army. And he is declaring the great history of what God has done. Difficult circumstances may tempt you to be anxious. They may tempt you to, to worry. You may wish that you didn't have that trouble. I think each and every one of us did. Hey, if, Lord, if it be your will, hey, take this cup. Let's, let's move it on over there, but not my will, but yours. And guess what? Out of the greatest trouble our Savior ever experienced, you and I have life evermore. The greatest things can come out of the most difficult, hard moments of our lives. Jehoshaphat did the right thing. He looked back, he remembered. He looked up and saw that you are still the God of heaven. His own resources were very small, and this would make him very afraid because they didn't have an army. They didn't have the things that they needed in the natural. But in this moment, he remembered that heaven's resources have no limit. When he realized this, his anxiety began to disappear. It's not about what I have. It's about what he has. He has it. He's got it. He's got everything I need in order to succeed. So remember something whenever you have trouble. Number four, God promises that he will help you in every kind of difficulty. The king stood in prayer. In this moment, he begins to recount two incredible leaders of their nation. He remembers Abraham He remembers Solomon. He remembers these incredible people and the promises that he made to Abraham that this land would always belong to the Jews. Do you hear me? They are about to be destroyed. They have an army encamped around them. And here he remembers the promises of God through Abraham that this land will be yours. I've set it aside. It's yours. Yeah, but God, dude, have you seen what's out there? have you seen the trouble that is around us? How, how could this even be possible? And in that moment, he also remembered the promises that he gave to Solomon, that he would be a God of goodness and care for his people. And so in this moment, he chose to do something. He chose in this moment to trust in the promises of God and not what he could see with his own eyes god had given them some incredible promises and he began to hold on to those in our times of trouble we should really do the same thing think about the great promises of god they are even in the most difficult times still true hold on to them I want you to know God will never, ever disappoint you. Be sure of this fact. Jehoshaphat, in this moment, he prayed and it was a very sincere, very serious prayer. And God sent him a message through a man who declared in the temple, you won't see this on your screen, but let me me read this to you. Listen to me, everybody. This is the declaration that the king heard and those in the temple heard. Listen to me, everybody. The Lord says this to you, and I believe that this is a word for you and I today, for every single person in this room. As they declared it so many years ago in that temple, I declare it and pray that it speaks life into your heart and your life today. This is what he said. Listen to me, everybody. The Lord says this to you. Do not be afraid. Do not worry about this large army because the battle is not your battle. It is God's battle. Your battle is not your battle. This battle is God's battle. Remember, probably his words, all of a sudden, oh yeah, we need to be brave. God is with us. God is near. God is with those who do right in that moment. Two vital things that I see here. One, the first is what God said. Remember his promises for your life, for you. They're found all throughout scripture. They're found all throughout the word. The second is about where we must look. First is, Understanding the word and his promises, secondly, is we must remember that it is God's nature to care for us, to watch over us, to protect us, even when we walk through difficulties. Job walked through an incredible tragedy. He lost a lot of things. Uh, The misery that he experienced, we wouldn't wish upon anyone. He walked through the most trying days of losing his family, his fortune, everything that he had. But the enemy, you know, but the Lord said, but you cannot touch him. And of course, we all know that later he restored all of those things because the enemy, Satan, said, I just want you to know, God, that if he didn't have all these things, he really wouldn't trust you. He said, no, his heart is after me in spite of all of these things. I don't know what this world uh, has uh, maybe in, in so many different words, what we have in our future, where we're headed, we can speculate that. We can look at the world today and say, man, this is such a crazy place that we're living in. There's wars, rumors of wars. There's all these things that are happening within our own country. There's division. There's hurt. There's pain. There's there's sickness. There's all of these things. Church, it's time for us to understand that he is God and he still rules and you and I can take captive every thought, every vain imagination and know and put our hope and put our trust in the King Jesus. He is our God. Put our hope in him. There's nowhere else worthy there's no one else worthy of our love our hope Our trust, we put it in him. Pastor Leon, would you please come and just begin uh, to play if you would. My friend, thank you. We're going to just begin. I've got one last point, and then we're going to seal this word this morning by partaking of communion together. I hope that you received one on your way in. I want you to see number five, a very, very important point. There is always something, no matter what you're going through, there is always something that we can thank God for. There's always something we can thank God for. Maybe serious trouble has come your way. Maybe you're feeling very, very sad. There is pain. Maybe there's despair. Maybe there's worry. Maybe your mind and you've allowed your thoughts to just begin to overrun your your mind. You're just continually thinking about negative things, hurtful things, whatever it is. Maybe it's of those things that you've lost. Maybe it's those things. I, I want you to understand in the day and age we live, there is no more important message than this, that we need to take every thought captive and let him be the ruler of our mind. In everything good, think about these things. There is always something that you and I can be thankful for and give thanks to the Lord. The place where they fought the battle, listen to this, became famous. Many years later, when the armies began to march and face one another, this place became called and was called the Valley of Blessings blessings means better means benefits or good things i want you to know that it can be the same for you today you seem maybe to be in a dark valley Maybe one day, too, you will say this was a valley of blessing. Something good will come out of it. Something good will take place. But even now, try to think of something in this moment, whatever you're walking through, that you can be grateful and give praise to our God. This was a strange battle in the valley. As these armies began to face one another, King Jehoshaphat didn't just send his army out. He did things a little unique, a little different. I'm sure many of you know the story. They sent out the worshipers ahead of the army. They actually selected special worshipers and and a special group to begin to sing, and they began to, to declare and to sing God's praises before the army. The army is marching And instead of showing the force that they were not really, they sent the worship team out ahead of them. The Bible says that they began to sing and then it kind of talks a little bit about David. You see, David sang in his victory, Jehoshaphat sang in the midst of his fear of not even knowing, but they both chose through good days and difficulties, they chose to worship God. And as they begin to worship him, the Bible tells us that the enemy became so confused, they began to fight each other and destroy one another. Only God could do that. Only God could do that only God could take the incredible force of the enemy and turn it against itself that it would destroy itself as this army begins to approach. What a strange battle indeed as the Lord acted on their behalf. You may have anxious thoughts. You may have fears. On this day, Jehoshaphat chose to sing. You know, it's an incredible depiction here. Possibly they even took one of the tunes from David that David himself sang, which they would have been very familiar with. And it's maybe the army was listening to these words and they were remembering what God had done for David and what he, how he had gone before David. And you know what, if he did it then, he might do it, he could do it now for us. And those songs and those lyrics that they said and they, they shared, what an incredible thought process that could lead you down. Think about the benefits that this king in this moment received from the trouble that he walked through. Listen to this. His prayer and his friendship with God became better. His trust in God became stronger. His understanding of God increased and his love for God increased. How many of you in this room would love for your love of our God, your understanding of our God, your friendship with our God to increase. Lord, may it increase. Lord, may it increase in us. May we stay captive every thought. May we have victory over every thought that we have. May our minds not be a battlefield. May our minds bring victory for Jesus. The story begins with a man full of fear, and it ends really in that moment, if if you could kind of take a picture of the king, the beginning of this chapter, he's afraid of these armies, he's afraid of men. By the end, he has a healthy fear, not of man, he has a healthy fear of Almighty God, and what God can do in and through our lives. God help us our reaction to trouble is very, very important. The nations around them took notice and said, we don't know him, but their God is real. Their God is powerful. I want you to know today that your reaction to trouble is very, very important. There are people watching you. There are coworkers around you. They need to see a people who have given every fear and every anxiety and every trouble to the Lord because there are those that he wants to see and to show. I don't know him, but their God is awesome look what he is doing jehoshaphat admitted that he was weak it's not something that we like to do today he admitted that he was weak and he also admitted that he did not know what to do and he sought the lord and the lord moved on his behalf my prayer is that we would have humility of heart in our own lives just like this great king and understand and even maybe admit this morning, and I'm weak. I don't have it all together. I try to put that, you, you may be, man, I try to let everyone know we got it or everything's okay, but today we understand what I'm facing is bigger than I am. The world that we're living in, the questions that I have is bigger. I don't have all the answers. I don't know what to do. So today I am going to turn and I am going to pray. I'm going to remember that God is in control. I'm going to give him total control of every thought in my mind and my heart today. My prayer for you is that we would experience that in this moment as we together partake of communion. Would you pull out your elements together today? As you just hold those and maybe have them half prepared or maybe you already took the cover off you just hold those uh for just a moment here today jehoshaphat admitted that he was weak jehoshaphat admitted that he did not know what to do but he turned his heart towards the lord how many of you in this room would join me in this moment and even take that posture lord I don't have the answers. I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. But today, I'm going to fix my mind on you. And I ask that you would be my help, my strength, my guide. Maybe you would join me here today. Say, I'm weak. Lord, I need your strength. Lord, I don't know what to do. So I'm going to trust you. If that's your heart. you just lift your hands right now, all across this room. Father, you see our hands in this moment. Lord, we don't trust in our own strength. We don't trust in our own hearts. We don't trust in our own abilities. All of those are good. You've given us those abilities. Lord, you've given us those gifts. And so Lord, we take those and we return them to you in this moment and say, God, without you, we are nothing. Without you, we have nothing. So Lord, in this moment, we take this and we say, oh God, be the Lord of every thought, everything that we experience, God, we fix our minds on you. Take every thought captive in this moment as we turn it towards you today. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. The Bible's very clear as we partake today says to do this in remembrance of me. There's something that we should remember by partaking of this communion today. He died on a cross. His body was broken. He shed blood so that you and I might have life evermore, that we would have victory. That we would be able to have victory in every area of our life, especially in our mind. As we partake of communion today, let's remember the great sacrifice of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And the price that he paid so that you and I could live in victory. He brings victory through his shed blood. He brings victory through his broken blood. Would you stand together with me so that we can partake of this communion together? Following this communion moment, we're just gonna close this service. Pastor Leon's gonna lead us in a, a song of just declaration of praise. We're gonna just sing to him because that's how the victory is won. The victory is won. The victory that we just talked about was won when we sang, the army sang. They led, they worship. Can we just right now praise our way to victory for just a moment after we partake of this? Can you do that with us this morning? Father, as we partake of this bread and this cup, God, I pray that you would take this moment, take this that we have, and God, I pray that you would give us your strength from your broken body Church, come on, can we just hold these elements up to him right now? Father, we take this in this moment, a sacred moment. We remember what you have done for us. God, we don't have to in any other form or fashion go through this life in our own strength because you give us your strength. So Lord, by your shed blood, by your broken body, this bread, God, I pray that it would minister to our souls. God, that we would have the victory in Jesus' name right now. Your word declares that in this moment, as we remember what you have done, God, that you will step into our situation and give us victory over every area of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's partake of the bread and the cup together. Come on can we just thank him right now for his goodness in our lives come on can we just give him praise right now and just worship him come on let's just worship the king right now hallelujah jesus i encourage you all across this room to take a moment to lift your hands and let's worship him together to join with us next Sunday. We're gonna celebrate, we're gonna bless, you know, even at the close here, what a gift Pastor Leon has been to this body and this congregation and just, come on, let's just thank him today, hallelujah. Thank you, man, for leading us today. Next Sunday, we are going to honor going to bless. We're going to have a great time together doing that. We're going to celebrate with several who are going to step into the waters of baptism. If you would desire for that, we would love to partner with you and be a part of your faith journey in water baptism. Go in the name of the Lord. Have an awesome week. We'll see you next Sunday morning. Be blessed.